Well, good morning, church. Let's stand together for worship. How many this morning knows when it looks like there's no way, there is a way through Jesus Christ? Amen. You know, let's sing it out with us this morning. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. Let's sing it again. You are here, moving in our midst. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, working in this place. I worship you.
that you're working Even when I don't feel that you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see that you're working Even when I don't feel that you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop
this morning.
today. Can we give him a hand clap? Father, we thank you. Give him a shout of praise. Father, we thank you for the blood that was shed. God, we're thankful that without the shedding of blood, we know that there's no remission for our sin. God, we know that if we would not be here, if it weren't for your mercy and for your grace, God, we deserve, we get things that we don't deserve. God, you've been so good to us. Father, we thank you and Father, we praise you, God, for that blood. Father, the blood that was shed for me. God, may I never, ever take it for granted. Father, we're so thankful today. God, we know that it's nothing that we can do on our own. God, we know that we can't redeem ourselves. God, but it's through your son, Jesus. That we're cleansed. God, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Look at the person sitting beside you or standing beside you and let them know that you are glad that they are at Gateway Church this morning. We are so excited that, uh, that you're here. <clears throat> Thankful for the blood of Jesus. Uh, a couple of things I want to uh, make you aware of. Uh, coming up this coming Saturday, um, we, uh, you may or may not know, we are celebrating 15 years as a church uh, you know, when we think about it, how many people, when you think about how, um, how old you are now, but you still see yourself a lot younger? Anybody? You still see yourself a lot younger? Uh, I had a, a friend who just, um, he just got into his 40s. And uh, so now I tell him, hey, we're, we're the same age. You know, I might be at the end of my 40s, and you might be at the beginning of your 40s, but we're in our 40s. And, uh, but when we begin looking at the church, uh, we used to be the new church. Uh, and, uh, but we've been around 15 years, and uh, so we are celebrating 15 years as a uh, church, and to do that, uh, we're going to be having some special things next weekend. Uh, Saturday night at 6 o'clock, 
Uh, we have Jason Crabb and Mickey Bell, and uh, they are going to be uh, with us. They were with us in the spring, and, and uh, when we got to talking and told them what we had coming up, and, and they were excited about uh, and wanted to come back. And, uh, and that says something because they have a lot of equipment to bring in, and there's a lot of stairs. Uh, so when they came here the first time, they're like, you ain't got no ramp, you ain't got no elevator. And, uh, and so, you know, it was a little hard work on them, but they still want to come back. And uh, so we're excited about that. And, but if you haven't signed up, uh, we need you to do that. Uh, you can go on the gate.life and you can register. And uh, we have uh, uh, over 200 that are already registered. And uh, there are going to be some churches that announced that today. So uh, if you haven't registered yet, you have my permission. Uh, go ahead and take out your phone right now. Go to the gate.life and register. Uh, some of you, I look around and, and you've been with us for 15 years and you haven't registered yet. Uh, I'm going to hunt you down this week, okay? Uh, we want you to come celebrate with us. And uh, we are looking forward to, to just having a good time. You'll laugh and, and you'll cry and it'll just be a good time to be together. The second thing I want you to, to be aware of is we're in the middle of, uh, for lack of a better word, a, a building fund uh, push, okay? Um, we've got a lot of things that uh, need to be done and things that we've been putting off uh, since we've been in this building. And so uh, we're trying to accomplish some of those. And uh, for... Uh, we had an anonymous donor come to us and say, hey, uh, for every dollar that's given up to $20,000 uh, from now until the end of November, uh, I want to match. And so what that basically does is, is you get, how many people like double your money? Uh, if, if you could give somebody $5 and they hand you back 10, that's exciting, right? Uh, that's uh, what's happening around here. So anything that comes in marked building fund, we're going to put that and uh, we're in the process of putting uh, bathrooms on the, the backside and, and some bathroom uh, for the youth upstairs so that they can uh, quit coming all the way downstairs and having to go all the way to the front. Uh, so it's just a, uh, a lot of work. And so your giving helps us do that. And we want to thank you for being so faithful. Today we're closing a series that uh, for the last three weeks we've been talking about the New Testament church. Uh, to be more specific, we've been talking about the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And for this uh, series, we have been looking at uh, a passage of Scripture found in Zechariah chapter 4. And so just to refresh our memory, uh, let's look at Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. When it says, so, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. And so we begin to, to look at our lives and, and we think, God, why is it that followers of Christ are always, a lot of times they, they live defeated? And we understand that that is because we have the tendency to try to understand everything with our natural thinking. We have a tendency to try to do everything with our natural ability. When the reality is that God intended us to live spirit-empowered lives. Uh, when we look at the word spirit, in the, in the Old Testament, it's the word ruach. In the New Testament, it's the word pneuma. But what it basically means is, is an invisible wind or the breath of God. And you think when you see the wind, you can't actually see it, but you see the effects of it. When you think about a sailboat, if you have a sailboat without wind, it's not going anywhere. It's just going to rock back and forth on the waves. But it's that wind that you can't see that propels it to go where it's supposed to go. God has empowered us and given us his Holy Spirit so that we can live a life beyond our own. In week one, we talked about what it looks like to be spirit-filled. 
Last week we talked about spirit-filled prayer. Today I want to give you a, a message that is so important for your life. I believe it can define everything about why you are even living or why you're on planet earth. Anybody ever just look at yourself or lay your head on the pillow at night and think, God, why am I here? God, what good am I doing? God, what is my purpose? I believe that today it can bring meaning and understanding to your life greater than you can even imagine. And when I say that it's important for you, it's also important for God to accomplish what needs to be accomplished and what he's called us to do on this earth. So today we're going to talk about, for a few minutes, spiritual gifts. Now there's some misunderstanding about spiritual gifts. There's even some that say that, that, that spiritual gifts only took place in the Bible and that they're not for today. Now as a church, we do not believe that. We believe that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that the spiritual gifts are, are still active in the church. But there's always been some confusion. And there's a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, where Paul is trying to help people understand. And, and this is what he says. He says, now about the spiritual gifts, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. One version actually says, I do not want you to be ignorant. So today I'm going to try to do the best that I can to help explain the spiritual gifts and what they mean to us as a follower of Christ. Now we know that, that God is a good God. <coughs> Tell you what, I had to bring water up here the first service and somebody said, man, if you're drinking water, we're getting ready to have revival. Uh, I'm on my second eight ounce bottle. Uh, that should do me for about two months. But God's a good God who, lives, who loves to give good gifts. And so today I want to I talk about three gifts that, that he wants to give us. The first gift is, is eternal life. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. God has given us the gift of eternal life. And it says it's through grace. Grace means, just as we were singing about a few minutes ago, it, it means to receive something that you didn't deserve. To receive something that you don't deserve. That's grace. And there's some of you sitting here today or listening that you've never opened the gift of eternal life. You're still trying to pay for your own sins. You're trapped in, in the, the guilt and the shame of your past. And you've never opened the gift, the free gift, the gift that, that Paul talks about that God is trying to, to and wants to give you of eternal life. And for you, I want you to know that you are just one heartfelt prayer away from opening a gift that will set you free. From opening a gift that will be the best gift that you could ever receive. Better than anything that anyone could ever give you. It's the gift of eternal life. The next gift that God wants to give you is the gift of the Holy Spirit. We talked about that in, in week one. And how that, that God wants us to live spirit-filled and spirit-empowered lives. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift 
my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Once again, we see Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's telling them, I know that you think you know how to do everything. I know that you think because you've walked with me for three years that you can handle it. But I'm telling you that there's something more. You've already received the gift of eternal life. Because Jesus had already died and, and, and resurrected. He said, you've already received that gift, but there's another gift. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. God says, I want you to receive that gift as well. But today I want to talk about the third gift. The third gift that I believe that, that God wants to give you. And that is spiritual gifts. Recently there was a study done that says that, that more than 80% of people who identify themselves as followers of Christ, who have already received the gift of eternal life, but over 80% of those people do not know or have never operated in their spiritual gift. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 tells us this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesying in accordance with your faith. The word there for, for gift in the Greek is, is charisma. And it's the same word that, that we get the word grace. You, you, you have a gift that God has given. You have a, a grace on your life. Grace meaning that when you do it, you feel like that you were naturally made to do that thing. We all have different gifts. Some people have the gift to deal with children. Most of, of those people aren't in this service. They're downstairs with your children right now. But they can handle all the noise and all the running around and, and the writing on the walls and, and all the noise and all the running around and, and the writing on the walls and, and all the noise and the running around. and the, and the right. Listen, I come here on Wednesday night and we have uh, uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers everywhere. And I walk in and I think, man, at one point I believe I had the spiritual gift to handle that because I was a youth pastor for six years. Now I walk in and I think, man, my spiritual gift has changed. Because some people, you just don't have the gift to deal with children. I mean, some of you have it, some of you don't. For some of you, the best way that you could deal with children would be, you know, some strong duct tape in a chair. We got anybody that identifies with that? Come on, don't lie. The Bible says the truth will set you free. Why? Because they just have no grace for it. But then you have people who have grace for working with children and they feel that they're fulfilled when they're doing what they've called to do. There's people who have, have a grace in their life for people who are hurting. I mean, you walk into a room and you see people crying and they're hurting and, and you just you, you have that grace and you, you can feel for them. And then you have other people who you walk into a room where people are crying and hurting and and you notice that, that something's misplaced, something's out of order, something's not centered. Uh, you just, that's your, your gift. You have that kind of gift. And, and we all have different gifts. Why are there so many different gifts? There's so many gifts because we all have a different grace. We all have a different gift on our life. You have one as well. You may be sitting here this morning and say, I, 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 don't, I don't have anything. Yes, you do. And you're going to see that you do. If you're a follower of Christ, you have that thing. You just have to find it. 
Spiritual gifts are the hope for God for his church. They're the hope of God for his church. The intention of the church was not so that you could just have a place to come to once a week where you could have a, a, a spiritual moment. That's not the intent of the church. The intent of the church, we were created to make a difference in this world. And in order to make a difference, we have to find our place. Why is it that over 80% of people do not know or have never operated in their spiritual gift? I'll tell you why. It's because we have an enemy who doesn't want the body of Christ to function the way that it's supposed to function. So he is constantly fighting. He is constantly uh, allowing people and making them think that they have no, no reason to live. And they have no purpose. You see, in the Old Testament, there were special people who were given special abilities. They, they called them priests. And what would happen is, is these priests, they would go into uh, the places where God was, the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, the presence of God. And they would go in. They would go in and talk to God. And then they would come out and tell the people what God said. But it was only special people that could do that in that special place. And God found fault with that. He didn't like the covenant that he had made. So Jesus comes along and he takes ordinary people, fishermen, tax collectors, people with problems. And he said, I'm going to anoint you and you're going to be my church. I, and then he said, I'm not even just going to do it on, on my 12 disciples, these guys that are walking with me. I'm going to pour it on the, the whole church. And so Jesus died and he, and he paid for our sins. And then on the day of Pentecost, which is just... 50 days later, that's what Pentecost means, just 50 days. In Acts chapter 2, we know that the Holy Spirit was poured out, not just on the disciples, but on every believer that was there. So Peter gets up and he quotes Joel in Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. He says this from the book of Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. So here he gets up and he says, listen, there's no longer going to be ministers and then everyone else. There's no longer going to be just special priests and, and all the others. He says, it's not even going to be a, just a male thing. Because it says sons and daughters. It says they're going to prophesy. That, that means they're going to proclaim the word of God. He says it's going to be new Christians and old Christians. They're going to proclaim the gospel. But over time, we have lost sight of this verse. Over time, as a church, we've created words like clergy. You know, you, you see these guys with, you know, clergy badges. And if you go to a hospital, you got to have a clergy badge. And, and, and on your car, or you have somebody that has a, a front license plate that says clergy. I never would do that because I know how I drive. I don't want to be a bad witness. But can I tell you that the word clergy is nowhere to be found in the Bible? It's man-made. Clergy actually means one who reads. It's from the same word that we get clerk. 
And so what happened over time was there was people who couldn't read. And so they found people who could read, and they said, I want you to, to, you can read this Bible, read it for us, read us and tell us, and then we'll come and you tell us what it says, and you can tell us what it means. So we've created clergy, and that's just been handed down. We've also created the word laity, which is, a lot of times people think, well, that means just people just lay around. That's not in the Bible either. It's man-made. We've created it. We've created people who are called and people who are not called. It's not in the Bible. People have, and they'll look at me and they'll say, that's, the, that, that's my preacher. I'm like, no, I'm not. Because their definition of a preacher is, is you know, you, you stay home and you get a good message for Sunday and you, you may do some, some hospital visits. But Ephesians chapter 4 says that, that he gave some pastors to equip the church people to be preachers, to proclaim the gospel. We have to understand that, that, that spiritual gifts are intended, not intended just to be on some people's lives, but he intended the spiritual gifts to be for the whole church. And as pastor, I'm never going to rest until every person who calls themselves a follower of Christ is doing what God has called them to do because that is the only way that we will ever advance God's purpose. We aren't here just to, to, to build a building. I don't come here every Sunday just to hear myself speak because honestly, I don't like hearing myself. I don't know how you said I don't listen to me all the time. Somebody... If somebody like tries to put on an old sermon and I'm in the room, I, they either going to have to turn it off or I'm leaving. Number one, I sound like a hillbilly. I'm not called to just come here and preach every Sunday. My calling, I'm called to pastor. And what pastoring means is, is to equip all of us to do what God has called us to do. So this morning, I want to give you three truths. Three truths about Spiritual gifts. The first thing is, is that, that God has called all of us to minister to the world around us. He has called all of us to minister to the world around us. In other words, what I'm saying is, is I'm not the only minister here. And you think, no, that's right. You've got, you know, Pastor Brandon and, and, and Pastor Aaron and, and Pastor Rick and Pastor Nick. And, and, and no, we're not the only ministers here. We're here doing our part, but that's not enough. Why is it enough? Because God is counting on all of us. God wants to stir his spirit inside of you to supernaturally empower you through his spirit to do something that's going to impact the lives of other people. And there is nothing more fulfilling. There's nothing better than laying your head down at night knowing that you have tapped into that wind. That wind that, that you can't see. But it propels you to do what you can't do on your own. <laughs> Doing something that says, there's no way I could have done that on my own. There's no way that I could have accomplished that without God. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. 
The Holy Spirit does not live inside of you so that you can come to church and feel goosebumps. The Holy Spirit does not live inside of you so that you can come to church and leave feeling better about yourself. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit's purpose and reason is to anoint you to do what? To go around doing good. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It doesn't say, now God created us to, to go to church and to have good church services. It says, no, he created us to do good works. And here's the thing, if we really read that verse and we really understand what it says, he didn't create you and then look at you and say, man, what can I do with that? Man, what am I, how, how am I going to use them? That's not what it says here. It says that he created the good works and then he created you. He created the good works, and then he created that. Then he created you to do it. He had that thing for you to do first. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse seven says, "A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other." You say, Pastor, what are you saying? Well, what I'm saying is, is, is that the Holy Spirit was given for you to do good. What I'm saying is it's time to, to get in the game. What I'm saying is for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of your neighbors and the people who are lost and don't know Christ, it's time to start working in your spiritual gift. Why? Because that is the only way that the cause of Christ can be advanced. That's our job. The second thing we need to know is that every gift God has given is unique and important. Every gift God has given is unique and important. Some of, some of us may have been raised in a, in a situation where some gifts were elevated above other gifts. And you may have been looked at or people were looked at who, who didn't have a certain spiritual gift as lesser of a Christian. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, God has given, you each, has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. It doesn't say that God's going to give each of you the same gift. It says he's given each of you a gift, a different gift from a variety of gifts. There's a lot of different gifts. Why is that? Because there's a lot of different functions that need to happen for the church to be successful. The Bible teaches in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 a whole chapter about spiritual gifts. Go read it and study it, but I'll give you a picture of what it says. The picture that it paints is it says, says that, that you need a hand and an eye. And that the hand can't tell the eye, hey, I don't need you. Why is that? Because it takes every piece, every 
part to function properly. You, you, you think about it. How many people, when you got up this morning, you had back pain? You know what that means? That means that there's something in your body not functioning properly. There's something not functioning the way that it's supposed to function. And because of that, there's certain things that you can't accomplish. There's some of you, if you try to get down in the floor, it'll take a tow truck to get you up. I'm in that group, I believe. There's some of you that if you wanted to run across this floor, you'd probably fall on your face. Why is that? It's because there's parts of your body that aren't functioning the way that they are supposed to function. And the same thing is true in the body of Christ. There's a variety of gifts, and it takes all of those gifts working the way that they're supposed to work in order for the church to be advanced and for it to do what God intends it to do. You may be sitting here and saying, Pastor, okay, I hear what you're saying, but how do I know what my gift is? Well, one way to know what your gift is is, is part of the reason that, that we do growth track. Growth track is, first of all, it helps you decide if this, if this is your church. It helps you decide if this is a place where, where you can serve in the body of Christ. But in that growth track, we also do a spiritual gift test. And that test is designed to help you identify that gift that God has placed in you. Listen, you are uniquely wired. Look at your neighbor and say, you're different. Go ahead, do it. It'll make you feel better. I said uniquely wired, not uniquely weird. David said it like this in Psalm chapter 139. He says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now that's really an eloquent way to put it. What he's saying is, is that I'm different. You made me different. You made me unique. And you created me when I was in, before I was even born, you knew me. There's too many people that are living their lives disappointed. You're living your life unfulfilled. You're living your life, and just to be quite honest, your life doesn't make you happy. You get up in the morning wondering why you were created. You go to bed at night wondering what your purpose is. You're searching, but you find no fulfillment. You find nothing. Why is that? Why is that? It's because what you're created for is only found in Christ. What you're created for, what you're called to do, 
He's created you to do something. And when you find that place, it allows you to say, to get up in the morning and say, this is why I was made. To go to bed at night and say, this is what I was made for. Can I tell you what my, what my dream church would be? Now, how many people grew up in churches where you had testimony services? Anybody? How many people ever grew up in a church who had testimony services and those testimony services went really bad? Anybody? Come on, let's just be honest. If you haven't experienced that, come talk to me after church. I can tell you some, um, I guess, funny stories. It wasn't funny at the time if you were the one who handed them the microphone. So we're not going to do this here, but if I could, I would take a, a microphone and I would start over here to my right. And I would hand the microphone to my lovely wife. I would hand the microphone to someone and they would say, Hello, my name is Mary. And um, I'm a minister because I, because I am a follower of Christ. And I have the, the gift of encouragement. And because of that, I, I lead a life group that goes to the nursing home every week to help and encourage those people who are there who need encouraged. And then the mic would be handed to the next person and say, Hello, my name is John and I'm a minister because I'm a follower of Christ. I have the gift of mercy. I feel and empathize with people who are hurting. Because of that, I lead a life group, minister to people who have been dealt a bad hand. Then the next person would take the mic, hello, my name's Jody, and I'm a, I'm a minister because I'm a follower of Christ, and I have the gift of administration. I serve at Kids Church Check-In because I know how important it is for that process to run smooth. Hello, my, my name is Loretta, and I'm a minister because I'm a follower of Christ. And I have the gift of hospitality, and so I serve in, in, in the cafe in Common Grounds making sure that, that it's a, a good experience and making sure that the food's good and that people are, feel welcome. Hello, my name's Noah, and I'm a, I'm a minister because I'm a follower of Christ. I have the gift of teaching. So I lead a life group in my home where, where I look into God's Word and, and we read it and we study it and we learn from it. Hello, my name's Martha, and I'm a minister because I'm a follower of Christ. And I've been in the church for over 50 years, but I have the gift of intercession. So I cover the pastor in this church, in this community in prayer every day. And so my dream church would be that, that there would not be one person that would take that microphone that, and say, hello, my name is, and I have no idea why I'm here. I would take the microphone and say, hello, my name's J.W., and I'm a minister simply because I'm a follower of Christ. I have the gift of pastor, and I've devoted my life to, to helping people find their place in the body of Christ. What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying that each one of us should be able to grab that microphone. If we're a follower of Christ, and we can identify that we're a minister and why we were created the third thing you need to know is the gift God has given you will show you who you are. The gift God has given me 
shows me who I am. We live in a world where everyone is searching for who they are. Everyone's searching. But the problem is, is that most of the time they're searching in the wrong place. Most of the time they're searching in places that they will never find why they were created. You'll never find who you are until you go to the one who made you. Listen, if I have an expensive car, I'm not just going to take it to any, let's see, politically correct, a redneck mechanic. Say, yeah, I think I can fix that. No, where I'm going I'm to take it back to the dealership. Why? Because they know exactly what that code means. They know exactly how to fix. Now, some of you, I know, you're thinking right now, they're too expensive. I'm cheap. I ain't taking it back to the dealer. But I'm telling you, if you want it done right, most of the time, but a lot of times we go everywhere else looking for easy answers. We go everywhere else but to the one who created us. You'll never know who you are until you go to him. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 6. It says, for by, the, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. There's a couple of words that I, I want to focus in on in that 12th chapter of Romans. The first word is highly. When you look at the Greek word for, for highly, it means an improper view. An improper view. Don't think of yourself more highly. We, all, we used to always think, you know, well, they just think they're better than everybody. But it means an improper view, and it can go either way. And what that means is, is that, that there's a lot of people who view yourself differently than the way God views you. You, you have an improper view of who you really are. And then the second word that I want to, to look at is the word sober. The word sober means, the, the translation for it there is having a right mind. It's the same word that was used when Jesus... Uh, kept, did you hear that? Did you hear what it said? Some no. kind of language. It says, sure, I can... Translate that into which language? <laughs> Greek. <laughs> I could... No, I ain't getting in trouble. I was going to say something about Siri, but... The word sober. It means having a right mind. It's the same word that Jesus used, that was used when Jesus cast the demon out. And it says that he came into his right mind. There's all of us that need a, a measure of deliverance. Why is that? Because a lot of us ha have the wrong view of ourselves. Listen, maybe you've been lied to by your parents. Maybe you've been lied to by your coaches. Maybe you, you've been lied to by the world. 
You've allowed the world to tell you that, that, that your, your past disqualifies you from who God wants you to be, what he created you for. You have the wrong view of yourself. And I'm telling you that, that this verse says that you need to, to get in your right mind. And then the word faith there means allowing the one who created you to give you the right view. That's what faith is, right? Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Allowing the one who created you to give you the right view. You may not see it. If I were going to rewrite this, I would just, in good old Eastern Kentucky language, I would do it like this. Do not have the wrong view of who you are, but rather be set free and put in your right mind by allowing the one who created you to show you who you are and what you were created to do. God wants to fix some people's view. You may be sitting here today and you may think, I, I, I don't have a spiritual gift. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that if you're a follower of Christ, that he has given you a gift, a unique gift. And that your gift is just as important as any other gift in the body of Christ. Having the gift of, uh, of hospitality is just as important as getting up on this stage every week. Why is that? Because it takes every, every person doing their part. And I know today's been more of teaching, instruction, than maybe a normal. But as we close out this series on, on, on the Holy Spirit, as we close out on this series entitled, There is More. I want you to know that there is more than just coming in here and sitting down. There's more. Because you sitting on that seat does absolutely nothing to advance the kingdom of God. Nothing. Your enemy does not care if you have perfect church attendance as long as you never operate in your spiritual gift. He doesn't care. You can win the award every year. You can get the gold star, whatever they used to do. He don't care. Why? Because it does nothing to advance the kingdom of God. Because you've made it all about right here. That's not what the Holy Spirit's for. What did he say in Acts? He said, you will receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then he said, why? You will be witnesses. What's a witness? It's somebody who testifies to something. Somebody who, who proclaims something. It's somebody who says, uh, you may think it's that way, but th that's not the way that it is. 
That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. That's the purpose of spiritual gifts so that the body of Christ can be advanced. So I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. First of all, if you're here today this morning and you've never received the gift of eternal life, if you've never asked Christ to come into your life and to forgive you of your sin, that's the most important gift. That's the gift that, that I beg you that you need to open. For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through who? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the gift. And you are one heartfelt prayer away from opening that gift. So if you're here today and that's you, that's all you have to do. God, I, I want the gift of eternal life. Forgive me of my sin. I know that I'm wrong, but I thank you for the blood of Jesus. You may be here and you may be saying, Pastor, I, 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 I'm a follower of Christ, but I don't feel like I'm living an empowered life. And for you, I'd say you need the gift of the Holy Spirit. How do you get that gift? You just ask for it. It says, if an earthly father knows how to give good gifts to his children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who do what? Ask. Just ask for it. Say, well, Pastor, I'm, you know, I feel like I'm living a spirit-filled life, but I just I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know why I'm here. I'm dissatisfied. I'm searching. I'm, I'm looking here. I'm looking there. And I just, and for you, I'd say you need to ask God to show you and to help you work in the gift that He's given you, whatever it is. And I can tell you this, trying not to belabor the point, but you will never find satisfaction in anything else until you start working in that gift. When I was, when Christy and I were, our first church that we were at, we were there for three years, and we left. We moved to a different area. We left, and, and we went into a church, and the first thing we told the pastor, we don't want to do anything. We're going to come. We're going to sit. We're going to be good church members. We're going to pay our tithes. Just don't ask us to do nothing. We'll be here on Sundays. I think that went on for maybe three months, and that was probably the most miserable three months of our lives. Why? Because God had called us to something and we weren't working in it. And so if you're standing here today and maybe you have the gift to do something and you know it, but you're, you're, you're running the other way, you'll never be satisfied until you start working in the spiritual gift. And it's not all about you. You'll never be satisfied until you start working in that spiritual gift. But if you're here in this local body and God's called you to do something and you're not doing it, this local body... The body of Christ will never function the way that it's supposed, supposed to function because God placed you here not to take up space, not to come in and just love on Jesus, 
but to work in your spiritual gift so that the gospel can be advanced. That's why we're here. That's what the church is about. That's what the New Testament church was about. Why was it that so many people were added to the church daily? It's because they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and they were operating in their gifts, whatever they were. So we're going to pray. And if you haven't opened any three of those gifts, I'm going to implore you to just ask. And we serve a good God who loves to give good gifts and will hold nothing back from you. Will you pray with me? Father, I come before you this morning. God, I'm so thankful, honored, and privileged to be able to stand in your presence. God, I thank you for the different gifts in the body. God, I thank you for for the spiritual gift that you've created me for. God, it's that every week I get to, to stand on this stage and help try to equip other believers to operate in their gift. God, you see every person that's represented here today, every family. God, you know what you've created us for. God, I pray that you help us to identify that reason and that purpose. And then God, give us the ability to see ourselves and view ourselves the way that you view us. Father, we know that without you, we are nothing. We know that in our own natural ability, in our natural way of thinking, that that, that we can't do it. And we can't do what you've called us to do. But Father, I'm so thankful that you sent to us the Holy Spirit to empower us to do the supernatural. God, I pray for every person that's here today that may be searching for their spiritual gift. Or or God, they may be running. Just not doing what they know they're called to do. God, I pray that today, Father, that you will move them to start working in their gift. God, don't let this be just another Sunday. But God, may today, this last day of October 2021, may it be the day that some people step into the gift that you've given them. God, so that we can function as the body Christ to do good works to proclaim your gospel God we know time's short God we don't have another moment to waste God move us to do your work that you've equipped us to do God for those who may be here and God, they just say, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. Holy Spirit, speak to them today. Give them supernatural strength to go beyond what they physically feel like they can go on and go to. And for anyone who has the wrong view of themselves, God, let them know that their past does not disqualify them. But it propels them to do what you've called them to do. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and ask. 
Can we sing this chorus together as we close? This is all my hope and peace. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Blood today. We want to thank you for being here. Thank you for allowing us to speak into your life. We pray that, uh, that each week that you are encouraged, not just to be here, but to go out and do what God's called you to do. We love you. Have a great, great Sunday. Don't forget, uh, coming up Saturday night, if you haven't signed up yet, do it quickly. Uh, We would love for you to come be a part and celebrate 15 years with us. Have a great day.